message that you got to understand is if you have less time and less cash, you got to fix one of the two. You got to find a way to generate more cash or you got to find a way to leverage your time better so that you can spend the time to invest to learn. Welcome to another episode of the Market Adventures Show. If you haven't already, make sure you check out my course on gummo.com called The Stock Market Solution. It's linked in the show notes. I'm your host, Alex Cunningham, and in this episode, we talk about a few considerations when building your stock portfolio. Stay tuned. Scroll number two from the greatest salesman in the world. I will greet this day with love in my heart. No matter what brought you here, what your intentions were, and why you're listening to this podcast, why you're listening to this show, it doesn't matter how much money you want to make and the things you want to buy. You have to greet the day with love in your heart. Not greed, not envy, not vengeance, but love. All right, so the first thing we're going to talk about is value, right? Looking for value stocks. You want old timers. You want things with a long history. You want a nice, strong moat around the company. Now, that means that they have a good handle, a good share of their particular market. They have some kind of product, leadership, or they have something that keeps their foothold in the market. For example, Apple. Apple has a cult-like following. right? Now, I'm not telling anyone to go buy Apple, but they have a cult-like following, meaning if somebody has an Apple computer, they also have an Apple Watch, an Apple phone, right? They have Apple everywhere. They have a strong moat in whatever industry they go into because they have a cult-like following. Now, the strong moat doesn't just refer to a cult-like following. You want to think about someone like Walmart, right, with as many stores as they have, their ability to provide discounted goods, right, and you can find everything on Walmart. That's what you mean by a strong moat. You also want something like with a consistent dividend. Now, you don't need a dividend, but it's nice to have a dividend. If you're going to invest for the long term, if you're going to invest in value, it's nice to have a company repay some of their earnings to their shareholders. So that would be a tip from me is that you want an old time with long history. You want a strong moat, which means they have some kind of foothold in their respective market that gives them an edge that allows them to not get outrun by somebody else. And you want a nice consistent dividend. They've been giving dividends for a long while. They've increased their dividends over time. They haven't cut dividends. You want reliability. Some tools that I use are the 10-year and the five-year charts. And I always use Thinkorswim, right? A 10-year or the five-year chart. And I want to look at it monthly, but also I want to look at it quarterly. And you want to kind of take a take a look at how the company's been trending over the last five to ten years. And you want to see if how they're trending. If over the last ten years they've been coming straight down, you want to be wary of that. But if a company's going pretty much sideways for the last ten years, and quarterly they're having a nice balance of good bad good quarters and bad quarters, those companies are okay. You want to add them to your list. Why? It means that over the last ten years or five years. They're going sideways because there's no necessarily increase or decrease in the value of the company. They're just doing their thing. So somebody somebody like Amazon and Facebook and AMD, they're not going sideways. They're going straight up because people are buying into the potential of the company, not what they're actually doing, but what they could do. When you're buying someone like Coca-Cola, you're not buying into the potential of Coca-Cola. 
right? You're buying into how they've been doing over the last 10, 20, 30 years. So you want to use a 10 and 5-year chart to go back that far and look at the data and see how the company's been trending. You want a consistent EPS, right? A consistent earnings report, right? Earnings per share. You want it to be nice and consistent. You want that going sideways too. Again, these value companies, we're not looking for big jumps in anything. We want to just make sure that they're just doing their stuff, right? They're dotting their T, they're, no, they're crossing their T's, they're dotting their I's, they're doing what they're good at. You want a free cash flow. So over the time, you notice they've been paying off their debt, right? You want to notice that their free cash flow is increasing. They're not paying so much towards debt anymore. They're doing more to pay, uh, pay their shareholders, and they're also holding on to cash, right? You want to, that's a good sign, right, of increasing free cash flow. A net operating margin, again, you want that to be at a decent level too because you want to make sure they're, they're being efficient. They're not spending more than they're taking in. And a long-term debt-to-capital ratio, again, goes back to them paying off their debt over time. All right, we're really talking about companies that have been around for a long time. They've been doing what they're doing. They figured out a way that's efficient that they're doing it. And now the, the cash that they use to grow to that level they're now using that extra cash to pay down on debt, right? So a Coca-Cola, just as an example, they've been around a long time. They're not making new innovations. So the the, comp- the money that they were using to invest before, now they're holding on to it and they're paying off debt, right? And that, that really, to me, increases the value of the company because that means they have money stockpiled in the event of something like a coronavirus again, they have that money stockpiled to continue paying dividends. I don't want a company to cut the dividend because they have no cash on hand. right? I want a nice stability. Now, something interesting you might want to use, which I've been using, is called the Graham number. Now, Benjamin Graham uh, wrote a, an investing book, an old-timey investing book. Um, and actually, Warren Buffett actually swears by Benjamin Graham. The Graham number is the square root of 22.5 multiplied times the EPS multiplied times the book value, right? The square root of all three of these numbers. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you do a, a, a gram number of, say, like an AT&T, and they're valued at $29, you do the gram number, and you suddenly find out, okay, well, this number says they're really worth $40 or $50. That gives you a small indication of some potential in the future. But you got to take, in, take into consideration they're using the EPS, which is really good because you want that EPS to be a decent, solid number that has, is going sideways, right? It's consistent or, if anything, getting a little bit better. The book value shows how well they're handling their books, right? So you want those two solid numbers, and when you do the square root of that, whatever multiplication that they use to come up with this formula, it's really giving you an idea of the true value of the company in addition to uh, a little bit about their stability, too, because you're taking into consideration the book value as well, right? You want that stability. So some examples of, of some good old-timey companies. You got Coca-Cola. 
uh, J&J, which is Johnson Johnson. You have Intel, which I know took a big hit in the stock market not too long ago, but they're still a good, valuable company. You have Microsoft, uh, MO, which is uh, Altria. They're a cigarette company. And you have XRX, which is Xerox. Right, so those are some companies you've heard of before. Maybe you haven't heard of Altria, but you've, you definitely, cigarettes, they've been around for a long time. But the other companies you've heard of before, you can't go a day without noticing them. They've been around a long time. They each have a foothold in their niche, and, ne- and none of them are really trying to innovate, right? Microsoft is the exception. Microsoft is the exception of, of companies trying to innovate. As you hear, they're trying to buy TikTok, right? So those, those, that's an example of some companies you might want to take a look at. Now, let's talk about growth. You want a company with growth. You want something that's kind of infected right? the cultural norms. For example, when you want to go somewhere and you don't have a ride, nobody calls a cab anymore. Nobody. When I was growing up, you did. Nobody calls a cab. They call an Uber. right? They don't call. They use an app. But they, they get an Uber. When you're stuck somewhere and you don't have a ride, you get an Uber. Lyft may exist. But the first thing that comes out of your mind is just take an Uber. It's become part of our vernacular, part of our language. You want companies that, something like a Snapchat, right? Snapchat, kids are using it and adults are using it. You want to think about growth companies with companies. So Amazon is still a growth company, right? Amazon can be around for a long, long time and they're still considered a growth company. But what? They penetrated our vernacular. They penetrated our language. When you want to get something, you go on Amazon. You get it right away. right? You want companies with room for growth. right? You want them to have the ability to scale, either changing prices, entering new markets, increasing their ad revenue. You want them to be able to expand their user base, whatever. You want companies with, with a room to grow, right? with an ability to scale up somehow, earn more money than they're kicking out, right? more money than they're investing. And you want a company that has a, a good market share. Somewhere like a Facebook, which Facebook is also considered a growth company. Facebook has a large market, uh, market share of the social media space. And just online ad revenue in general. Facebook has a really good, really good handle on everything. Uh, you want there to be not limited competition, but you want to be mindful of the competition. Facebook buys all their competition. So you have no problem with Facebook. Uber has competition in Lyft, but that's really about it. Um, you know, Amazon has competition, but I mean, is it really competition for Amazon? So, like, you want to have an idea of the competition, the space that this company is working in, and you want to have an idea on their spending. How are they investing? Are they investing wildly? Are they investing intelligently? What are they investing in? Where does it look like they're going? And this ties into the leadership as well. What is their leadership's goals? What are their stated goals? Are they trying to grow aggressively? Are they trying to to um, you know get capture more market share? Are they what are they trying? Are they trying to pay down debt? What are they trying to do? You don't want to buy into a company without having some kind of understanding of where the company wants to go, is trying to going, right? So how do you know where to go? Do you go value? Do you go growth? Do you go value? Do, how do you know what's for you? Well, I'm not the one to tell you that, but I know if it were me, the first thing I would do is I would do some finan- you know, take care of my financial management. Make sure that I have an understanding of how much free cash I have to invest. That doesn't include pocket money, expenses, 
uh, taking care of your family, liabilities, etc. How much free cash do you have as a as as a person, right? And the next thing you want to do is, do you have time, right? Do you have free cash and time? And here's how I broke everything down. If you have more time to learn, right? If you have time to invest and you also have a lot of free cash, you can invest in growth companies. You have a lot more time to do the research necessary to pick a good company at a good price, right? If You, you also have a lot of free cash, so you're not so much worried about um, you know, bills, expenses, so you can afford to have your cash sit and let it grow without expecting anything in return. If you have less time and a lot of cash, you want to go value. Reason being, if you don't have a lot of time to invest in growth companies, you don't want to buy things based on other people's recommendations. You want to buy things based on what other people say. You want to do the research yourself. So if you don't have time to do the research, you use that extra free cash to get value companies. Store your wealth in companies that you know, right, are just holding or just doing what they do, right? They have enough market share where they can just do what they do, and you know they're going to consistently pay you a dividend. If you have a lot of time and you don't have a lot of cash, you want to spend that time learning how to trade options. Now, this is this is. Uh, something that I would do just because I've already started trading options and I understand options. I've been doing it for a little while that I know the power of options and I understand that if you have time to learn, you can really limit your risk. Right? The leverage in options is powerful, which is why it is it is broadly used by in by large scale investors and small scale investors. Right? It's a great way to grow a portfolio. So if you have a small a lot of time and little cash. You can use that little cash, leverage it in options, and grow it. Also, if you have a lot of time and not a lot of cash, you can also invest in growth companies because typically growth companies are not overly expensive, right? You're going to see the value companies being a little bit more expensive because they've established their foothold. They've established how much value they have. The growth companies don't aren't as expensive, and they still have room to grow, which means you can buy into growth companies with a little less cash. Not Facebook, obviously not, you know, not Amazon because of how expensive they are. But just as a general rule, something like Uber is like $29, $30. That's a good growth company. Now, if you have less time and less cash, you're going to want to look at doing fractional shares, right? Fractional shares of companies that you understand. Reason being, if you don't have a lot of time, you don't want to buy fractional shares of companies you don't understand, doesn't make any sense. If you don't have a lot of time, you want to the time you do have, you've already spent an entire day just living your life. Use that little time to look back on what companies you interact with on a daily basis. And the little bit of cash you use, you use that to buy fractional shares into those companies. But the 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 broader message that you got to understand is if you have less time and less cash, you've got to fix one of the two. You got to find a way to generate more cash, or you got to find a way to leverage your time better so that you can spend the time to invest to learn. Even if it's not the stock market, it doesn't have to be the financial markets. You can't have less time and less cash. You got to be able to leverage one of the two to allow you to seek different investment options so that you no longer are categorized in the less time, less cash quadrant. Hope you enjoyed this episode. 
I've linked my How to Invest in the Stock Market course down in the show notes. You've been listening to the Market Adventure Show. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But most importantly, share the show with friends and family you think need to hear this information. Because again, the more we reach, the more people we can free. Until next time.